0: Do you wanna beef up your prayer life, give it a kind of a robust feeling to it? Well, prayer is our topic. I'm Bob Buchanan and this is Wisdom 828 where we're dedicated to stamping out spiritual malnutrition one episode at a time. Who are you who are so wise? Perhaps one of the most mysterious practices of the Christian faith is prayer. We all know prayer is an important discipline in our lives and yet many Christians will admit that uh, they really need to pray more and they want to learn how to pray more effectively. But what if I told you that one of the ways that God wants us to pray includes reminding Him of the promises that He has made. Now you might naturally think that God doesn't need to be reminded about anything and you'd be right. He knows what we're going to pray even before the words pass our lips. So. Some people conclude that prayer seems more like a self-defeating discipline. But the reality is is that prayer is vital to the Christian life as air is vital to our breathing. God delights in our praying because our prayer is a way of saying that we're dependent on him for everything and our dependence glorifies him before the watching world. Now there's a sermon by the prophet Isaiah in which uh, he he tells um, God's Old Testament people Uh, some pretty remarkable things, some life transforming plans that are on the horizon for the nation's future after their exile. These plans are really promises, promises to protect his people from predators who would steal their crops. Uh, They'll enjoy unending peace and prosperity, never again worrying about crop failures or disasters or diseases in the future. It almost sounds too good to be true until you remind yourself Who is making these promises? God himself, who is always faithful to his word. In fact, Paul tells us that Jesus is the yes to all of God's promises. So to enlist his people in the fulfillment of his promises in Isaiah's day, God appointed what he called watchmen to pray continually and use their praying to remind God of his promises. Now here's how that that text goes. On your walls, Jerusalem, I have placed sentries, or watchmen. They must never be silent day or night. They must remind the Lord of his promises and never let him forget them. They must give him no rest until he restores Jerusalem and makes it a city that the whole world praises. The Lord has made a solemn promise, and by his promise, he, or by his power, he will carry it out. So, what's going on here? We can safely conclude that God doesn't need to be reminded of his promises as if somehow he is forgetful of them. Instead, God is inviting his people to pray his promises, not because he forgot, but to inspire in them a faith that holds on to these promises as it grows in anticipation of the great things that he has in store for those who trust him. Now this is also a principle that we can apply to our own praying because we have this promise even in the New Testament. Paul writes even though we haven't seen or heard or imagined what God has prepared for those who love Jesus, we can pray about God's promises for every need that we have. Well here are the contours of that kind of praying that grows our faith and makes us more effective watchmen like prayers according to isaiah first effective prayer is ceaseless all day and night they keep praying they never hold their tongues from the minute they rise with the sun and sometimes all through the night they keep on praying the promises of god and asking him uh, to step into their situations with his redemptive power this reminds us actually of the parable that jesus talked about about the woman who kept pestering this king to give her justice that she demanded. She was relentless. Eventually, the king, who was not a man who cared much about justice and would probably have taken a bribe to act sooner, he finally relented. Well, Jesus' point is that we pray to a just God who is also our father and will quickly act for his own children. So ask yourself, what kind of king would allow his sleep to be disturbed at 3 a.m. in the morning to respond to a child's needs? The king who is also our father. Now effective prayer is also vocal. God invites us to pour out our hearts to him in prayer. I have a couple of books on my bookshelf that have well-crafted prayers and I appreciate how they inspire me to pray with either greater humility or greater boldness. But we'd be mistaken to think that God requires nicely shaped and polite prayers. And I'm not discounting the proper place of making efforts like that in prayer. But when it comes to personal prayer, God wants what's in the heart to make its way into words spoken out loud. Besides, He already knows what's in our heart. He sees it in ways that we can't even see it. Effective prayer is Godward. Jesus tells a parable about a Pharisee and a tax collector. Both men attended the same prayer service and the parable really isn't about prayer per se but but how the men relate to God in their praying. Their praying serves as a kind of MRI that reveals each man's heart attitude toward God. The Pharisee's prayer really comes down to a list of personal accomplishments that he's made for God. It's almost like the Pharisee is handing God a glowing resume of his spirituality in order to prove his worth in the kingdom. The problem is, his prayer isn't toward God, it's more or less at God. He's neither humble nor dependent on God for his life. True Godward prayer is humble. We humble ourselves before the Lord's majesty and we love to receive his grace as sufficient to meet every single need in our lives. Effective prayer is also disciplined. A discipline is how we train ourselves to master a skill to attain knowledge necessary for a field of study. If a musician wants to achieve a level of proficiency, she has to discipline herself to develop and increase her skill at playing the violin. And you know what the old saying about how do you get to Carnegie Hall, right? Practice, practice, practice. It takes discipline, it takes effort to grow proficient in prayer. Actually, the best way to learn how to pray is simply pray. So what does that look like though? Watchmen in prayer give themselves no rest. That's what Isaiah said, don't rest. They don't slack off. And this sounds a lot like Paul's instruction to us to pray without ceasing. And there have been many ways of explaining what that idea actually means. And I think Paul wants us to let our imaginations loose about how to obey that command. Perhaps we can take a page out of the life of Nehemiah, uh, the man who is responsible for rebuilding the walls around Jerusalem in the middle 400s BC. Nehemiah planned times of prayer before taking on huge risks. He planned an amazing prayer meeting to commemorate the completion of the wall. He prayed before every important meeting and even uh, learned in prayer about the adversary's nefarious plans to trap him in a plot against the king. A lot of his prayers were like arrow prayers, like you know the ones we pray a lot, God, help. At this moment, I need your help. Effective prayers are those who plan times of prayer, but they also just breathe out prayers in times of need. Effective prayer is also urgent. The most amazing thing to me in this story from Isaiah is that God himself says, Don't give me rest. This is not a statement of a brittle God who is annoyed with our frequent coming. He wants our attitude to be so strong, so unrelenting, that it seems over the top bothersome. Perhaps to a normal person, it would be a peevish thing, but not to God. God wants us to press in with an exhausting attitude that if he doesn't answer his promises, we're just gonna die from disappointment. Our praying will probably exhaust us, and it will never exhaust God. Effective prayer is sustained prayer. That's our final commitment to prayer. The way that God extends, uh, uh, the way that we're supposed to extend our prayer all the way to the end until he fulfills everything that he said he would do regarding his people. Until Christ is a praise in all the earth. All of our prayers will be answered in a way that Christ will be praised and given multiplied thanks for what God has done. Now, no matter the situation that you're facing today, a a disappointing marriage, a betrayed friendship, a prodigal child who's come home, or the wonder of a newborn added to your family, in all of the good things, and especially in all of the hard things, God has appointed us to be watchmen who will give him no rest until he fulfills all his promises and makes the name of his son a praise in all the earth as well as in our own lives. So keep calm and pray. Well, next time on Wisdom 828, I got a great suggestion uh, to address the Christian view of the existence of extraterrestrial beings. Do aliens from outer outer space really exist? Well, uh, what are we to make of all of these kind of alleged sightings of UFOs? Well, we'll find out next time. But well, that's all for today. Thanks for dropping in, and thanks to Steve Dine behind the camera for his ceaseless efforts to make Wisdom 828 fulfill its mission of stamping out spiritual malnutrition one episode at a time. You be of good cheer.